Now on to the report. Welcome back to Reborn Report. I'm DJ Pfeiffer. And I'm Don Pfeiffer. And today, Dad, we're going to be talking about what true Bible faith is. Well, yeah, it goes along with what we um, talked about last week. And uh, last week we talked about putting on the garment of praise to help us with fear and worry and anxiety and all forms of depression. Well, I believe we titled that how to defeat fear or something along those lines. We will not do that unless we have some element of faith. Right. Because it's just too different. It's just too weird. It's not natural for us to praise God when we're going through a bad situation. That's not normal. Exactly. And and that's why I wanted to talk about faith because I, I think that if somebody watched that last week, they think, well, that sounds good, but that's just not reality. You know, nobody can do that. Well, yes, you can if you are in faith and understand what faith is. Uh, faith is the key to pleasing God. We saw that last week. And, and so let's talk about faith. So first of all, I think it's important to understand that there are two kinds of faith. Uh, and knowing the differences between the two uh, is, is crucial for us. Right. Uh, there's first there's a natural human faith that everybody has um, and that kind of faith is based on the way we're taught and, and what we are learned to be true and things we learn through our life experiences right like having faith that someone will do something for you exactly it's a good example or say it's winter time say we want to go fishing and what do you do in the winter? You go ice fishing. Right. So if we went up to Case Lake and wanted to go ice fishing, and it's been real, real cold, and we know that the ice is real, real thick. And we have faith we won't fall through the ice. Yeah, we're, we're good about going out sure. there. But if we were in the middle of January thaw, and the temperature was in the 40s and 50s, and we went up there and saw there's water on top of the ice, and there's cracks yes, in it, yeah. and, and we know it's not very thick. We watch then, someone else walk through, and they fall out. <laughs> <laughs> we, would, we don't see that. We know through a faith not to go out on that ice, right? right? So what's the other kind of faith then, Dad? Well, the second kind of faith, and this is the one we really need to understand because it's different than what we normally have, it's a supernatural spiritual faith that comes to us from God mm. by hearing and knowing his word. Right. Yeah, Dad. Romans ten seventeen says faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. And then in Romans twelve three, it says, For God has given each a measure of faith. Right. And and let's talk about that a little bit, that scripture. Um so Let's talk about both of them. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, right? That's God's faith. Um, and then, and what you said in Romans 12, 3, to each, it's been God has given each of us a measure of faith. Say you're going through a soup line, and the guy behind the counter is dishing up some really good soup, and he's got a ladle. You go through soup lines often? No. Remember that episode of Kramer with the soup Nazi? It's called Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with soup Nazis. Well, you remember. No soup for you. No soup for you. But say we want some soup and and the guy's got a ladle and he gives us all a big scoop as we go down the line. Well, suppose that he's got more than one ladle 
and he's got the big ladle for me. And right. then you're behind me and you get a tiny little ladle, yeah. a little scoop. You're going to say, well, why did, that's not fair. Why, why do I get a smaller scoop and you get a big scoop, especially if you're hungry. Right. And it's really good soup. You want the same measurement. But your point is God doesn't do that. No. If, if you study that out there in that scripture, Romans 12, 3, for God has given each a measure of, of faith, you'll realize by studying that out that that measure is the same for everyone. And, and that's consistent theology because we also know that God is no respecter of persons. Right. What he's done for one, he's willing to do for yeah. all. So God would not give uh, one person more faith and another person less faith, even though it, it almost seems that's the way it is. Like if you look at some great evangelist, say Billy Graham, for instance, you would think, man, that guy has a lot of faith compared to somebody that maybe doesn't uh, profess. Or maybe uh, not even... Uh, like you, that that barely hanging in there. As right. a <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, but it really isn't the fact that God gave them more faith. It's they've learned... How to use it. How to use it, how to now, act I remember you it. and Grandpa used to get in fights about that. Yeah, exactly. It's how... And it, you guys would be saying the same thing. Saying You'd the same thing. you just be arguing. Yeah. Well, you know, it really is just a matter of learning how to... Walk in Grandpa would be faith. like, no, they got more faith because they've learned how to use it. And you'd be like, well, they were all given the same amount. They've just grown into it. And Grandpa would be like, no, they, they've got more because they know how to use it now. Yeah. You'd be no. saying the same thing. But. God has given everyone the same ability. It's up to us to develop it, right? Right. It's up to uh, us to apply it. And that's what we're talking about today. So um, let's look at what Webster's Dictionary defines faith as. It defines it as a strong conviction of belief and a complete trust. Mm -hmm. uh, it says it's a loyalty without doubt or question. And that certainly fits how most people uh, view their faith. Or I think how, when, they, when they talk about religious kind of faith. Mm -hmm. But there's a different. There's a yeah, difference. and it's in uh, Hebrews 11 verse 3, or verse 1 rather, it says, Faith shows the reality of what we're hoped for, of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Right. And, and in my translation, it says, no, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Very right. similar word. Yeah. And see that you can see how Bible faith is a little different than the natural faith that we have, which mm -hmm. is based on our experiences and our own life. Uh how can you hope for something or believe for something that you can't see? That, that Humanly, that's impossible. So Bible faith is totally different. And I think it's really important for us to obtain a really good understanding of exactly what Bible faith is before we can ever learn to properly and effectively apply it to our lives. Right, DJ? Right. Because if we don't learn to operate in it, we'll never receive its benefits, at least not consistently. Um, you see, Bible faith deals with us trusting and acting on God's promises, not our own abilities, not our own experiences. So it's quite different from the natural faith we have, which is a result of our, like I said, life experiences and our education processes. Bible faith is based on God's supernatural power and his abilities, and so for us to benefit from it, we have to learn how to operate in it, mm -hmm. right? 
to see con- consistent and, and, and c- constant blessings flowing in our life. Remember, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. So what is the meaning of Bible faith? Like, we de- like you just described in Hebrews 11.1, 1. what's that really mean? Well, I think we should take a closer look at it, DJ. Okay. Now, if we look in that same book of Hebrews and, and, and back up a little bit, uh, go back to chapter 10, the writer of Hebrews describes why the new covenant Jesus, what Jesus provided, was superior to the old covenant, the Old Testament covenant, which was based on animal sacrifices. That's what he's talking about. Yeah, that's in Hebrew 10, 1 through verse 18. Right, the first few chap- verses of, of Hebrews. Yeah, 1 through 18. Yeah. The, the, the writer of Hebrews, which I'll, I'll throw this in there. A lot of people believe that Paul wrote Hebrews. A lot of modern-day scholars now believe that may have been might have been Saint Barnabas. It was probably somebody that if it wasn't. Well, that's not, not no. I guess, I guess no, it if you want to read, find yeah, out, who give you a little history there. Hebrews, yeah, look it up. I guess, yeah, I guess that's not important to what we're talking about. Um, the writer concludes with a assuring reminder for us not to shrink back but to have faith, it says so in verse 39 of chapter 10. So the definition that's given at the beginning of chapter 11 that you read earlier Mm -hmm. is meant to tie this command to the examples of Bible faith that he gives in the rest of chapter 11. Um, He explains how the actions of these various Bible figures proved both the existence and the validity of their faith. I, yeah. I mean, I don't want to go on to read that whole uh, chapter 11, but it, if you read that, you'll see all these examples of Bible Well, faith. and each example demonstrates a complete trust based on what that person knew and held in his heart as reassurance that God would act according to his promises. Yeah, so take the time and read that uh, chapter. You read chapter 10 and chapter 11. Right. I think it's important to point out that the assurance and conviction of these men's faith was not just a blind belief, some sort of hopeful, wishful thinking. I think we see that way too often with religion today. Oh, yeah. Um, a close study of the, these characters in the Bible in chapter 11 shows that they all had good reason to trust in God. Well, in other words, their faith was not a naive acceptance, but rather they were acting in full confidence that God would do as he promised. Exactly. And there's the key difference. And so, as the rest of chapter 11 demonstrates, that kind of faith that's complete, confident trust, that produces action and obedience, results in God's approval and his blessings. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want, right? Right. Now, for us today, we know that God doesn't change. God himself says so in the last book of the Old Testament. Malachi 3.6 says, For I am the Lord God, I do not change. Yeah, and in the New Testament, he repeats himself in Hebrews 13.8, which says Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right, so we have Old Testament, God doesn't change. New Testament, Jesus is the same. Right. Right, he don't change. So by looking back at these men's examples, or these people, there's women in there too, uh, in, in Hebrews chapter 11, 
at their examples of faith that the Bible describes there, that should inspire a confidence in us that God will make good on all of his promises when we act in this kind of faith. Right. Right? Even when our earthly lives can't see how that's possible. You know, we see the surroundings and things happening. We can't, oh, man, there's no way out of this. I mm-hmm. can't see how this can happen. But like I said, we're dealing with supernatural God's abilities, right? That's what Bible faith is. And just because we don't know how or understand how God can do it, that shouldn't hinder our ability to know that he can. Yeah. And he will act on it because that's what he promises us. But here's the thing, DJ. It does require our cooperation. Right. First Corinthians 5, 7 instructs us to walk by faith, yeah, not exactly. by sight. That's why he's saying that, yeah. right? True Bible faith can be defined as complete trust, relying on God when we're looking towards our future. Yeah, whatever it is you're hoping for, whatever it is you want, you got to know what God says, and then you got to be able to, to trust him and stand on that, right. right? Really, it's obeying what his word says, even though we don't understand all the details of how it works. And really, we can't for that matter because of our limited knowledge. We yeah. don't even know what's going to happen 10 minutes from now. It's God who knows everything. But still, to do this, we need to make a conscious effort to eliminate all forms of doubt. So you can't be in doubt and faith at the same time. Remember, we talked about that last week. Yeah. So it's when we eliminate our doubt, then we can stand with complete confidence in the promises of God. The Bible tells us that the great figures of the Old Testament, such as Abraham, Moses, David, and many of the others that are in that uh, chapter 11, of Hebrews, all lived according to this type of faith. And because they were because of it, they were rewarded by God. Mm-hmm. Their model, their example of real Bible faith should inspire us today so we can achieve a more abundant and confident and useful and productive faith for our lives today. Yeah. A faith that pleases God. And when we please God, that produces beneficial results and blessings in our life. Right? Well, remember what Jesus said? He said, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Exactly. Now, to what you just said, I'll add this. That will only usually happen when we cooperate with it, when we get in faith. Right. Right? Yeah. That's why we're talking about what real Bible faith is. So... I want to explain this in more detail. I want to give you that I believe there are four elements to learning about and applying real Bible faith in our life. Yeah, we're going to share them with you. And through these elements of faith, every believer can receive and experience all the benefits and promises found in the Word of God. It's how to live that abundant life that Jesus was talking about that he came to give us. Well, the first one, the first element of faith is to find scriptures that apply to your situation. Yep. Number two is you have to believe to receive. Right, you have to believe first. Number three, you have to speak faith words. Number four, you have to act on it. You have to act on those words, right? These four elements of faith that we just described to you are super important because they'll show us how 
real Bible faith works. And we know how important our faith is to God. Uh, DJ, read what it says. It, it tells us in Hebrews eleven six. And it is impossible to please God without faith. There it is. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Suppose we're not pleasing God. You think he's going to be pouring out blessings on us? No. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, and we got to please him. So let's take a closer look. Let's break down each of these four elements of faith, shall we? The first one. the first one said that you have to uh, find scriptures that apply to your situation. Right. You have to read the Bible. Uh, the Bible is full of promises from God, they, and they belong to every believer. But in order for us to receive or to be partakers of those promises, we need to find out what those promises are, right? Yeah. DJ, read what it says in John 8.32. John 8.32 says, And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We know that verse. Yeah, I know. We've said this before. You've heard it say several times. It's only the truth that you know that can set you free, right? right? I mean, you have to know what it says before that can apply to you. Yep. Right? So if the Bible says, let me give you an example. If the Bible says, if you find in the Bible, healing belongs to you as a believer, then that is the truth, because God only speaks the truth, and that truth then has the power to set you free from sickness. Right. You see how we can sometimes run ahead of faith and just start crying out to God, oh, please heal me, please heal me, when we haven't, first don't know if it's God's will for us to be healed, Right. and we don't know how to operate in true Bible faith, and we're just throwing it on the lap of God and begging them to do it. He expects us to have a part in it. Remember, like I said a long time ago, God didn't create a puppet on a string. He gave us free will. He gave us and wants us to choose him, right? Yep. To put our trust in him. Um, I'll give you another example. If the Bible says that God will supply all your needs through Christ Jesus— then that is true. And that truth then has the power to set you free from lack and worry and fear. It doesn't take too long when reading God's word to see that God has already blessed us. Yeah, I was going to say the Bible says both those things that you (laughs) gave an example. Exactly. With all the things we need to live a victorious life here on this earth. Right. The problem is we're just woefully ignorant of the word of God. Now, I'm not criticizing any of our listeners. I'm talking about myself. I need to know God's word better. If I know God's word better, then I can stand in faith more. And if I stand in faith more, I'll get more blessings. That's how this works. It's very simple. God is systematic. It's pretty simple, really. Now, I will say this. That doesn't mean that we won't have trials here on this earth. But it does mean that there is always a promise from God to overcome every problem I have, every trial I face. But to do this, we need to know what those promises are, right? Yeah, so— Or else you're just hopefully begging God to help you. So find a scripture that applies to your situation and trial 
and then ask God in prayer to help you stand on that promise. Remember, it was Jesus who said, you have to, you have because you, or you, <laughs> you have not because you ask not. Oh, that's a good one, DJ. So ask him in prayer with thanksgiving and praise like we talked about last week. Yeah, we said, what, put on the garment of praise. Right. And like I said at the beginning of this podcast, you're not going to do that at all unless you have some element of faith to stand in, mm -hmm. right? Now, the second element to faith is, like you said, believe and then receive. Mm -hmm. You have to believe first. You have to believe that God's word is true. And if you have struggle with that, Go back and watch from our early podcast. We did a, a scientific studies. Yeah, we did. Is is God real? Is the Bible true? Remember that was one of our yep. first ones. Go yep. back and watch that if you if you struggle with whether God's real and whether the Bible's true. We get we 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 could give a lot more details, but I have a tendency to ramble on, as you know. Yeah. It, but those podcasts are, are are pretty good. And even with what the word says even when it contradicts what you see and feel in your natural realm, you still have to believe. You have to believe that God's word is true in your life. See, I think people can see it in the Bible. They can see, well, Paul, yeah, I can see Paul doing that. But they gotta realize Paul was just an ordinary man like you and me. Mm -hmm. Abraham was an ordinary man like you and me. They just chose to walk in faith. So not by what you're saying is you have to believe that his promise belongs to you. Right, exactly. See the difference? Yeah. You can't just believe, okay, I see that it's true. No, you have to believe it for yourself. Make it your own. When I got healed of lymphocytosis, the early stages of blood leukemia, when the doctor said, well, there's no cure for it, we're just going to treat your symptoms. What helped me get through that, what helped me bring healing to my life wasn't, oh, I did. I did. I begged in God to help me and pray, and that never worked. But when I finally went through the Bible and I took all the healing verses and I applied it to me, I claimed it for myself. You believed to receive. And then, then I got healing. Yep. So you must believe you receive from God for your life. You have to believe in the promises that they belong to you. And then you must believe you receive it when you pray. Right. Uh, it says that, did you do what Mark says? Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Read what Mark says about it. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. <laughs> pretty simple. The Bible's pretty straightforward and simple. Like I said, this isn't rocket science, you know? Yep. You don't have to have a PhD and an XYZ after your name to understand God's word. You must believe in your heart that you have already received the promises the moment you ask for it in faith. You see, a lot of people say, well, I'll see it or I'll believe it when I see it. No, there's no faith in that. Right. Seeing is seeing. Feeling is feeling. That's all it is. No. We are to believe what the word of God says, even when you don't feel it. Evidence yes. of, or what's the definition of faith? The evidence. Faith is the hope, the, the substance the sub of things we hope for, for, but the evidence of, of things, things not, not seen. seen. 
That's the difference between human faith and Bible faith. That's why at the beginning I said there's two kinds of faith. Yeah. And knowing that is crucial. You have to realize God's faith is totally different. You can't get blessed from God if you just operate in human faith. Right. That's not the kind of faith that pleases God. Nope. Because you're not trusting in him. Right. You're not standing on his word. And only that will produce blessing. Standing Bible faith. Bible faith. You know why? Because Bible faith is action. And that action is what pleases God. Dad, I want to read in John chapter 20, verse 29. It says, Then Jesus told, them, told him, You believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. There you me. go. There, that's, that says it perfectly. I don't need to ramble on. <laughs> that says it. Don't let this be too simple for you. It's one of the most misunderstood elements of Bible faith. You must really believe first in order to receive. Now, the third element of Bible faith, words, our words, speaking it, like you said. Words are so important because they have creative power. The Bible tells us that God created the entire universe and our world with his words. Back in Genesis, it says so. Mm -hmm. And he also created us in his image and likeness. So our words, too, were intended by God to have creative power. Yeah, and that is further proven by scriptures like Proverbs 18.21. Oh, one of my favorite scriptures. I'll read that. Yeah, read that, DJ. That's one of my favorites. It says, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. My script, my, my um, translation says the power of life and death are in the mm -hmm. tongue. Yep. Wow, that's, that's important. So we need to speak faith and confess with our mouth what we believe in our heart. You know, confession is a big component to faith. The original Greek word confess means to agree with mm. or to speak the same thing that God said. Right. Way too often, though, we're speaking something totally different than what the promises of God are in his word. And then we wonder why it doesn't work for us. You know, sometimes we even go to so far as to make up our own doctrine yep. by saying something like, I prayed and it didn't happen, so it didn't work, so must be it wasn't God's will for me mm -hmm. for this, that, or whatever it is we're praying about, say healing. No. No, a thousand times no. That's not right. That's not Bible faith at all. The Bible truth is explained to us in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 20. Read that, DJ. 2 Corinthians 1, 20 says, For all God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. I like that. I like your translation. A resounding yes. Yeah. All the promises of God are yes and amen. So we need to speak in agreement with God's word, not just about our symptoms or our feelings. Remember, I always say this, feelings are fickle. Yep. Uh, no, it's okay. Don't get me wrong. It's okay to, to describe your feelings and, and tell how you're feeling, but we are to claim. No, let me say proclaim. That's a better word. 
proclaim our healing. Why? Because that's what God says so. We are to speak the word of God. Why? Because when we speak our faith, when we speak our faith, and not just our problem or our opinions, we're making a declaration of what we believe in our heart, right? The Bible says, as the heart is, as a man speaketh, so he is in his heart. Right. Right. And remember what we learned a few podcasts back, Dad, as Jesus is, so am I in my born-again spirit. Exactly. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of every born-again believer. Wow. In the heart of man. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Makes me happy, too. Gets, gets me you fired up. up. Yeah, it gets me all fired up. To think that I have the ability and the power that Jesus had inside of me. If I could just renew my mind, you know? And we all know that there's no sickness or no problems or no weary, fear, depression in Christ, in right. Jesus, right? Yeah. And you said it earlier. Christ said, I have come that they may have life. And to have it more abundantly. Exactly. So instead of saying that you're broke, that you have no money, it may be true, but say, thank you, Lord. Because you will supply all my needs according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Says that in Philippians 4.19. Speak what God says about you. Yep. Always remember to apply this simple truth. Faith speaks God's words. Right? Yeah, that's right. Now, the fourth element to faith is to act on it. You said that. Mm -hmm. You got to only speak it, but then you got to act. Uh, words without actions is dead. Our actions, the Bible refers to them as works, must come into agreement with what we speak and what we believe. Right. Uh, it says this in James uh, chapter 2, verse 14. You want to read that? Sure. 2.14 says... What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it in your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Well, what's the answer? No. No. Well, will that kind of faith produce blessings? No. <laughs> you see how simple this really is and how so, uh, so many people go about it the wrong way. Right. Faith acts like it is so because God says so. Faith is acting like the promises that God said is already fulfilled in your life when you don't see it and feel it yet. Wow. And with your actions, you reveal your absolute faith in God to fulfill his promises when you act that way. Right. Right? But what about when you don't act that way? What are you showing God? You don't have faith. You're not in faith. Right. Right. Now, Dad, I want to add one last thing to know in understanding and applying these elements of faith. God's timing might not be, and often is not, the same as our timing and what we want. I see what you're saying, DJ. Um, we can be and are often very impatient people. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, we live in a world of instant gratification, seems like, nowadays. I mean, you don't have to look around too much to see that that's true. Um, I've often joked about this and said, if there was an instant church on the corner, 
with a drive-through prayer window, that line would be longer than the line at the coffee window at Tim Hortons. <laughs> well, people not from Buffalo don't know what Tim Hortons is. Oh, coffee shop. You know, uh, any kind of drive-through window. Uh, people want quick results. They don't have time. They got to get on with those things. Go to McDonald's. Well, if we don't take the time to know what God's word is, we're missing out on the right. blessings of God. No, but seriously, you have to hold to, hold fast to what God has promised in his word and then endure unwavering. You know, don't, don't run ahead of God. Uh, realize, like you said, that God's timing is probably different than our timing. Right. We live in a world where everything is about time, right? Everything we do, think about it. Everything you do is based on time. Right. But God is eternal. There is no time with him. So we got to uh, remember that. So we have to wait on God. And know this, God knows everything. He knows what the best time for us is to receive something or not receive it. And also, here's a good measuring stick for you. Um, the stronger your relationship is with the Lord, the easier it'll be for you in applying these four elements of faith and get results. Yeah, so don't be discouraged. Be encouraged that you now know the truth about real Bible faith. It takes time and practice for everyone. Exactly. Just keep with it, and it'll work in your life. Exactly. It takes everyone a while to— because this is opposite of human faith. Right, but it will work. It will work. Not because we say so, but because God promises so in his word. Like you said earlier, DJ, 2 Corinthians one twenty. you read it. For all the promises of God are yes and amen to the glory of God in Christ Jesus. Amen means so be it. Let it be so. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I think that's a I mean, great place to end. Yeah. If we get in real Bible faith then we can put on the garment of praise like we talked about last week, right? God is so good. Well, there's one thing I want to add, okay? For our viewers, our audio people that just listen to this podcast will have no, no idea what I'm talking about. But our viewers, if you were paying very close attention, you'll see that uh, Dad might have appeared a little different today. I did? Why? You might have appeared a little taller because you're cheating. Oh, he just, <laughs> wait a minute. He lowered me down. Wait a minute. Let me fix this. I can't now. Wait a minute. Oh, gosh. Well, he's a lot taller than me now. Now, this is a way you're stepped down from your father. I just oh. don't want people thinking that you're taller than me. <laughs> well, hey, I may be shorter than you. But I know what good coffee is. Oh, gosh, back in San Francisco. Huh? Bay. San Francisco Bay French Roast. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. We hope you learned what true Bible faith is, and we hope you, our four elements, our four pointers. So what are the out. four elements of Bible faith? Do you remember what they are? Well, you said the first one. I didn't. The four elements of faith are find scriptures, read them. Find scriptures that apply to your situation. Yeah, number two was uh, you have to believe to receive. Right, you have to believe those scriptures. Right. And then the third one, what was that? You have to speak 
faith words. Say what God says about your situation. And then number four is not, not just speak just it. feel about it. Number four is not just speak it. You have to act on it. Exactly. How do you act on it? By acting like you believe it. Right. So find the scriptures, believe in those scriptures, speak those scriptures, and act. And then act on it. That's faith. That's real Bible faith. Thank you for joining us, everybody. And remember those four things. Act in faith and you will see blessings flow in your life. God's a good God. He wants to heap all kinds of blessings. So like we said about last week, the psalmist said, your cup will overflow. Yep. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The only good life is the Christian life. It really is. All right. Thank you guys for liking, commenting, and subscribing. And we'll catch you back here next week. Okay. See you then. See you guys. Bye.